Welcome to the Eco News Report. I'm your host this week, Tom Wheeler, Executive Director of the Environmental Protection Information Center, or EPIC. And I have a very special series of guests joining me by Zoom. Uh, I have Chris Johnson from Adventures Edge. Hey, Chris, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for inviting me. And then we have Nancy Stevenson and Sofia Valenzuela from the Redwood Coast Energy Authority. Hey, welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks for having us. Yeah. And I'm excited about this. The The theme of today's show is e-bikes, electronic bicycles, kind of like little mini motorcycles, a bicycle that has a powered engine with it. We're, we're going to announce the rollout of RCEA's new e-bike rebate program. So I, I'm excited about today's show because I would love to have an e-bike. I, I think that these sound super cool because I hate riding my bike up hills, but otherwise I love to ride my bike. So I would love to have a little bit of electronic assist going uphill. So first off, I gave a little bit of a description of what an e-bike is. Nancy, I know that you are an e-bike owner. Can you give me a little definition of what is an e-bike? Well, an e-bike is really in a lot of ways like a regular bicycle with the added benefit of a little motor assist that to propel the bike. So there's different classes of, there's different types. One, two, and three have different levels of assist, whether they're pedal assist or throttle assist or a little of both. They're different speeds. They usually top out around 20 miles an hour for most class two, I guess, type two and type one. But so different bikes have different acceptability on different trails and different how they share roads and trails with other people. But it's a it's a little power assist bike. I mean, like it's a motorcycle. It's, you're not going to you're not going to be, a, you know, in the fast lane, weaving between cars going down the highway. You're still traveling at normal, normal bike speed. My bike tops out at 20 miles an hour. You know, I can pedal and, and throttle and go all I want. It still tops out at 20. So it's not really that fast. And regular bikes, you know, you can get pretty fast. Or I've seen, I've had regular bikes pass me, you know, depending on the situation. So, yeah. All right. So they, they come in a variety of different styles. You said classes one, two, and three. And they come on, you know, your your standard road bike frame, mountain bike frames. Chris, can you talk through some of the different styles of e-bikes that are out there on the market right now? Yeah, so like Nancy was saying, there's class one, two, and three bikes. Going going to class one real quick is a pedal assist bike up to 20 miles per hour. A class two is going to be pedal and throttle, both up to 20. And then a class three is pedal assist only up to 28 miles per hour. So we see that across the board, most bikes, class one, all mountain bikes, class one. I don't think mountain bikes don't appear to be part of this program. So commuter bikes, road bikes, a lot of those are 20 miles per hour, and they're class one. I saw that on the list, the specialized Creo is on there. Now that is a road bike that is up to 28 miles per hour. So it depends on the manufacturer. It depends on the setup. Most of them being pedal assist, but then there's lots of e-bikes out there with throttles. So we have everything from like a cruiser to like a flat bar road bike, which is like a commuter or a hybrid to full on mountain bikes. So there's all varieties, pretty much every model bike from recumbents to tandems to single speed. It doesn't matter. There's, there's an e-assist out there for it. And it seems like there's just been an explosion in the marketplace in the last five years or so where, you know, e-bikes were kind of a novelty once upon a time, but now this is, this is seeming to become kind of a standard feature that people are looking for in a bike. Is that right? Well, in Humboldt County, you know, we're a little bit behind time generally on things. So 
This year, it's really shown a big upsurge in sales for us. A lot of it has been in the mountain bike world. They're getting more acceptability than the new commute, all of our commuters, the rules. And it's, it's across the board on spectrum of buyers from young to older to active already cyclists to new cyclists. It's going across the board. All right. Nancy, you own an e-bike. Tell us about the experience. I imagine it might be kind of weird for the first time getting some sort of an assist when you're going uphill. You know, the first time I got on my bike, I just had a like a smile that just stretched across my face, almost broke it. And I thought, this is legal. Like, this is really okay. I had it, I had it in Eureka and I just thought I'd take it for a spin down the Bay Trail, you know, down the Eureka Bay Trail. And it was just like a time warp because I was speeding up to the to the top speed and to see how it feels. And I just couldn't believe that I had that option. It was it was a huge thrill. So, you know, usually I'm riding and I'm pedaling and I want my exercise and I'm not looking to just speed around and pass people and all of that. So like there's five levels of assist on my bike. A lot of times when I'm riding around, I'll just do like maybe level two, level one or two and still get some exercise and push myself around. But you know, if I'm really in a hurry to go somewhere or I have a long way to go or I'm just tired or I'm just using it for a commute, I'm not really looking for a workout. I'll just pedal pedal hard and turn up the assist and go for it. But it's nice when you really are trying to make a commute out of it and not, you know, not just for a thrill. It gives you that option. You can ride more often. You don't get tired. You don't want to do it two days in a row because you're tired, you know, like on a regular bike. You know, what sounds great to me is commuting to work and then arriving at work, not being smelly and stinky, having yeah. pushed myself too hard. Cause that, that is something that I would do when I'm, when I'm riding my bike is, <laughs> is, is try to charge up the hill, but then I, I make it to the top of the hill and then I'm just covered in sweat. All right. So this show is part of the rollout program for RCEA, the Redwood Coast Energy Authority's new rebate program to reduce the cost in purchasing an e-bike. Why, Sophia, why is the, the Redwood Coast Energy Authority, who most people are probably familiar with exclusively because of, you know, their power is purchased by the Redwood Coast Energy Authority. Why is this a, a priority for your agency? Well, we have our own Repower Humble plan that has a lot of greenhouse gas emissions and just general climate goals that we're hoping to meet. And we're also really involved with the climate action plan that's being developed just for the county. So we're just very invested in making sure that Humboldt can meet our climate action goals. And one of our biggest emission sources in the county is transportation. I think it's about 40% of the total emissions for the county. And a lot of that comes from passenger vehicles. So what we're always trying to do is find ways to get people out of their gas-powered passenger cars and into other forms of transportation. So we have a big program that has to do with electric vehicles. We're always trying to get people to, to get into electric vehicles and we have our own charging station network. But another great option for people, especially when the weather is nice, they want to get some exercise, they want a more fun commute than just driving. And that's where e-bikes came in. So we thought it would be great to sort of promote e-bikes as well. And so where where did this idea of a re, rebate for e-bikes come from? You know, I'm, I'm familiar, California, the federal government at one point had a number of subsidies for electric cars. <laughs> yeah. I, I haven't heard of one for, for bikes yet. Yeah, I think they're still pretty rare. There have been a couple programs. A lot of them are in California, but e-bikes definitely haven't gotten as much attention as electric vehicles. They're kind of in where we saw electric vehicles a couple of years ago, just starting to become very popular in the U.S. market, even though they've been pretty popular in Europe and other countries for quite a while now. 
But generally, we wanted to make sure that people have multiple options. Maybe if someone is going to the store, even they, even if they were to get in an electric vehicle, in terms of full life cycle emissions, they're still going to be emitting more than if they could get on an e-bike and make that two-mile trip. And hopefully it would make the trip more pleasant for them also. So we just want to give people as many options as they can. Maybe they can't afford a brand new electric vehicle. They're pretty expensive. A lot of them are still more expensive than regular gas-powered cars. So hopefully these e-bikes, since they are cheaper, they're more expensive than regular bikes, but still cheaper than a new car for sure. That will give people another option to sort of reduce their personal emissions while still having a vehicle of a sort that can get them where they need to go. I, I think it's very cool that the Redwood Coast Energy Authority is taking this leadership step when it comes to our climate action plan and taking a broader view of energy. You know, it's not just the thing that comes out of our outlet. It's all of the energy that we use, whether it is gasoline or or natural gas or other kind of stored forms of energy. And so I think that this is kind of a, a larger role for the the Redwood Coast Energy Authority than a lot of people may be familiar with. Nancy, I, I know that this idea also came from the people. The the e-bike program started through the Citizen Advisory Committee. Can you tell, tell us about the Citizen Advisory Committee and a, a little bit about how people can turn their wacky, crazy dreams about, you know, how the county should reduce greenhouse gas emissions into reality? Yeah, the... We have a citizen advisory committee that meets quarterly, and they are updated on all the things we're doing, all the different programs that we we offer and that are developing, and they make recommendations to our board of directors. But what they did was they took a, a... a bunch of the submissions we had from a, we had a citizen sourcing campaign effort. And we put out there to the public to submit their ideas for the types of programs that they think that we should do with the revenues from our community choice energy program. That's our big electricity program. We sell the electricity locally, the more renewable, cleaner energy on the grid there. And we take those revenues and we get to choose what we do with those revenues to benefit the community. So the public did respond and a number of ideas. There were actually two, two of those were about electric bikes. So we had the coalition for responsible transportation put together a nice proposal as well as folks from 350.org. So what we did, we kind of took those together. We had a review panel of our citizen advisory committee, and they they looked at the proposals and decided that the e-bike rebate idea was a good one to move forward. And we sort of all together, you know, kind of melded all those suggestions they had in there and thought that might be a, a way to really get people out of cars and onto their bikes and really achieve some of those goals that we were looking for to benefit the community. All right, let's get into the nitty gritty about how the e-bike rebate program works. Can I just go to Adventure's Edge, talk to Chris, buy a bike, and it, it's applied there? How how do I get my rebate back, and what is the rebate size that we're looking at? Right. So we try to make our rebate process as easy as possible for people, but essentially we're offering $500 per rebate. There are some restrictions on that. We have a whole terms and conditions list that we would like people to read. But essentially what you have to do is purchase your e-bike during our e-bike program period, which will be over the next couple of months. And once you have that purchase receipt, you can go to our website, redwoodenergy.org, and fill out the application form that we have there. And 
once we get that back in mail or fax form or by handing it in in person and we get your completed application and the purchase receipt, then we can start the whole processing period. And that's about all that people need to do. They can, we're encouraging people, obviously, to buy from local dealerships. We think that's a great option since you have the opportunity to test out bikes. You can, you know, where to go for repairs, all of that kind of thing. But people also have the option to purchase online since all we really need is a purchase receipt. So $500 per bike. Are there restrictions? Can you buy a class one, two, or three? So the way that we've restricted them is we've come up with an approved products list that you can also find on our website. We created that list to make sure that what the bikes that people are buying with our funds are quality products. So they have things like a warranty so that you can be sure if anything on the bike comes and it's broken, you can get that fixed. Some, some basic requirements like that. So that's how we came up with our approved products list. And people do have the option of submitting bikes to us for that list if they think we've overlooked one, but we try to be pretty comprehensive. All right. So where can you, where can people go to find more information about this rebate program and to find that, that product list? So for that, they can go to our website. That's redwoodenergy.org. And I believe on the front page, right, Nancy, there's a quick link section where they can click on the e-bike rebate link there. You can also just Google RCEA and e-bikes and it comes right up because that's what I just did. (laughs) Good to know. Perfect. Yeah. All right. We're talking about e-bikes here on the Eco News Report, electric bikes and RCEA's new rebate program. All right. So let's let's get into some of the the bikes that people can purchase. And so so Chris, you are an e-bike seller. What what are the things that a person should think about or, or look for when when purchasing a bike? Well, I think they should go and look at kind of where they're going to ride it, and what what they want to do. I mean, some people are new to the sport. Some people are just doing it for commuting. We have people doing it for recreation. We have people that are just doing it to be able to ride with somebody who's already an active cyclist but wants to be able to, like, ride with them. So we're having quite a bit of that lately. It's like riding for years and I got a partner now who's starting to ride. So now they can ride together. So one thing to think about is, is how you want to ride it. And then two, just the quality of the, of the machine. I mean, some of these bikes are so advanced now that you just really forget that you're riding an e-bike. So on some of these new specialized models, you, you turn it on, you, you have a mode between eco mode, trail mode, and we call it turbo mode. And all those modes are all, you can set those all on your phone and do everything you want to do to them as far as how much power they do. And once you just get on these bikes, you just start pedaling. And all you do is pedal and shift gears like you normally would, brake like you normally would. And the motors are super quiet. You hardly hear them. And so it just feels like you're riding a bike with like as a power of a pro racer. I mean, you have an amazing amount of torque and power on the bike. And so when you come to a hill, it just goes right up it. If you push hard on the pedals, it gives you more power. If you pedal soft on the pedals, it gives you less power. The faster you pedal, the more power it gives you. The slower you pedal, it starts to bog down the power. So they're very advanced into those ways. Also, just how far you can go on them now. The range has gotten so far. So you can tell the bike that you want to ride 40 miles and you have 1,000 feet of elevation. You, when you get there, you want 35% of your battery left. It will do that for you. So it's getting very easy. It's getting very smart, intelligent bikes. So it just makes the experience no hassle for the rider. You just ride it. They are getting lighter. 
And that's a big concern with people is how heavy it is. Can I get it on my car? Can I get it? How, you know, can I get up the stairs of my office? So they even have a walk assist button. So if it's a steep hill and you don't want to push the bike up, you push the walk button and it will carry itself up the hill. So there's lots of stuff figured in there. So I think people can come in. The biggest thing is to test ride one. So test riding is a big difference. You're going to ride, do I want a class one? Do I want a class three? We personally don't sell class two. We do not sell bikes with throttles. All of our stuff is pedal assist. So to go get the power, you have to be pedaling. And that makes it, I think what I would say is efficient. And also it's pretty safe that way. You aren't going to have a throttle in the way. So that's one thing to think about. And two, if you're commuting, like you're talking about earlier, not having to worry about do I have, do I want to carry this extra, my laptop? Do I want to carry an extra thing in clothing? Is my lunch heavy? Like it used to be like your backpack mattered, like how much you had it on your way to work. These bikes don't care. You can put 40 pounds of gear on the back of this thing and take everything you wanted to work that day. So that is something that's a really nice feature about commuting is it allows you to freedom to take more and also to be able to wear plain clothes and flat shoes to work. So yeah, you don't have to, to come into work wearing your spandex, which I, I think exactly. you, a lot of people will appreciate if they work in an office. <laughs> yeah, and, and if you want to take it easy on the way to work and use a lot of power, so you got to work all sweaty, it's great, and you want to power it down and get some work on the way home, absolutely. Cool. So $500, it seems like a pretty good chunk of change. What is the, the approximate price range for, for e-bikes, at, at least in, in your uh, shop right now? Adventure's Edge, our bikes start at twenty seven fifty, uh-huh. and then they go up incrementally from there up to crazy numbers like 12,000. So, Where, but woo. Jordan bikes are that twenty seven fifty and thirty three fifty. So class one e-bike, 20 miles an hour is going to start at twenty seven fifty, and the class three start at thirty three fifty. So what do you get with a $12,000 e-bike? That, that, that sounds pretty fancy. Crazy power, super <laughs> lightweight. The yeah. best components you can put on it, period. So that type of stuff. So yeah, it's done. It's it's like a full on for that person that was racing bikes before and wants the trickest e bike. That's what you get. Do you do you have a, a favorite in your shop? My favorite is the Como. Actually, I mean, if we're talking bikes that for this program, the Como is a cruiser that has the class three goes twenty miles an hour and it's super fun. And we took one that was a standard looking street bike and turned it into like an eighties looking clunker. (laughs) Take these and modify them, make them how we want to, and still be an e-bike. So. All right. So that, that is the specialized Como. If anybody is looking for, uh, absolutely. Yeah. For, for a recommendation. So this is a program that people should move fast to take advantage of. Sophia, how much money has been allocated for, the program, how many rebates are there out there that people can take advantage of? So total, we've allocated about $41,500 of our CCE funding. So that's about 83 rebates total at $500. We're hopeful that if these go very fast in the future, we'll be able to refresh this fund and have another round since it'll show that there's a lot of interest in the community, which would be great for us to know. But that's what we're planning for initially is those 83 rebates in our program period until August. All right. So if you're looking for an e-bike, you know, you probably just got a stimulus check from the federal government. If you are a person who has some job stability and you have some extra money now kind of rattling around your, your bank account today might be a good time to start looking at your e-bike potentials. 
you know, this is a great way to help support local businesses, you know, buy local, of course, and it can get you on your sweet new bike and can get you commuting to the office when offices are still a thing or a thing again in the future in style. So Nancy, I, I know that unfortunately the the coronavirus has put a little bit of a damper in some of the program rollout. There was going to be a, a workshop on e-bikes. Can you tell us a little bit more about what would have been said at this workshop and whether or not it's going to be rescheduled? Yeah, it was unfortunate timing. We had it all pretty well set up March 21st, 10-pin building in Arcata. We had a number of different folks, you know, local shops. There are a number of local shops that sell bikes in addition to Chris's shop. We had some independent folks that, that customized and made their own bikes. We had people talking about transportation options locally. We had trail groups and it was really just a chance for people to go walk around and look at all the different types of bikes and then test drive them. We had it set up so they were able to take it out on the Arcata Trail, which is right there, you know, next to the Creamery District. So we're hoping to, to reboot that, try it again, maybe in summer and fall, do that kind of thing. We we would like we'd like people to be able to share stories about what their life is like using an electric bike, how it's changed their lives. And that's maybe one thing we're going to do in addition to the workshop is after these rebates have been given out, we are going to sort of survey and ask folks to give us a little feedback on how, tell us some stories about how they have used their electric bike and how it uh, changed their life in some positive ways. Send a picture. And so we'll, we'll make a special edition collection for after this has kind of been rolled out maybe in the months ahead, less than a year from now. And, you know, another way to share the stories, but the workshop it's just now it just, it's so sad. We can't get together face to face to do these types of things, but we'll, we'll try again. Yeah. So uh, you, you raised the, the trail system and bikes are, are e-bikes allowed on all of our local bike trails? You know, they're, they're allowed on most of our, you know, where bicycles are allowed locally. They are also allowed for the most part. There's not not every class and every speed is allowed on every trail. And I think a lot of these local rules have not been as well defined as they probably will be in the months ahead. And where there are no rules set in place, they revert to the state laws about bicycle behavior. Like if you go up to Redwood Park, I know there's like maybe four or so trails at least that you cannot ride on, even though other regular bicycles are allowed on. So you do need to pay attention to to where you are and you can't just go up to Osagon Trail and bomb down on your electric bike. But, you know, for the most part, I believe, and Chris might know more, but I believe you can ride on most local trails. The The Bay Trail is a classic, but through Arcata and Eureka, all those trails are allowed and the Hammond Trail, it's okay. Most trails. Okay. Chris, any other news or thoughts on bikes and where they can and can't go? Yeah, it's pretty good around here. So as far as the Bay Trails, those are have a speed limit. And so even if you have a class three, you do kind of need to pay attention to the speed limit on those trails. The Arcade Community Forest is open to class one and class one. And then other areas are, are under vet under like evaluation, I would say, some of the BLM lands. So it just depends on that. And that's leaving that up to local authority on that so we'll see how that where that turns out right now i think that there's not a ton of e-bikes out that has become a, a problem and we'll kind of see where that goes but as far as i understand the bay trail is the most common and that is is legal for all class one and three to the speed limit is what 15 miles an hour i think on that i'm not sure but i've 
lots of people use them on a daily basis. So right now I was looking at studies earlier today, a little brief one on, on the website. They're saying that the average e-bike is actually going slower, one to three miles per hour slower on average. So it's not like they're a menace on the trail, not like they're bugging people off the trail. I ride one quite a bit. I ride a mountain bike one quite a bit and, and there just seems to blend in just as any other bicycle. So we're a supporter here at the Ventures Edge for sure. So at Adventures Edge, y'all do bike maintenance and repair. Have you had to have any sort of specialized classes for your technicians on on how to deal with e-bikes? Or is this something that if you're, you know, marginally competent, capable of doing home bike repair, you can kind of figure out what's going on with, with your e-bike? That's like a two-part question. So, yes, the specialized, our, our, our mechanics are have been to school. They are experienced. And they are certified in e-bike maintenance for motors, electronics, how that all works. A home mechanic can certainly adjust derailers and change tires because all that's the same as normal bike. There's the brakes, the derailers, all that stuff is normal. The only thing different about these bikes is the motor and the battery and electronics inside. And we definitely are educated on that here. And one of the great things about electronic motors is that they have so few moving parts. You know, if you if you compare it, the number of moving parts in a combustion engine to to an electric engine it is remarkable so they're they are they are pretty easy engines as as things go because there's not a whole lot that can go wrong all right anyone have any last thoughts that they want to get in on this i just had a quick question for nancy is this for humble county yeah, you have to be a, a customer of the Red Coast Energy Authority's electricity program, which 93% of the county is. It's pretty broad, but it has to be in Humboldt County. So if they're off-grid customers, that doesn't they're not going to get the rebate or out-of-state, that kind of stuff? Not out-of-state, not out-of-county. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I was just curious on that. That's perfect. One thing I want to say real quick also that might be of interest is that safety-wise, statistically, electric bikes are not more dangerous than regular bikes. They have no higher incident of violations or safety issues. Yeah, I, I, I think they're just getting easier and easier to ride. And these new ones are just like riding a bike. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just like riding a bike. Yeah, perfect. They said you came back with a smile and Specialized calls that the turbo smile. Because <laughs> everybody yeah. that comes back from an e-bike is exactly the same. It's, it's pretty funny. Well, so I'll do one last plug for this episode, which is... When you buy your new e-bike, make sure that you are signed up for Repower Plus, which is RCA's 100% renewable energy program. It only adds a couple of cents to your bill. You know, it, it's, a, it's a really, really small amount for 100% clean renewable energy. So you can not only feel good about riding your e-bike, but all the electrons are, are going to be from renewable sources. So Sign up for that today. You can do that on the Redwood Coast Energy Authority's website, which is, again, redwoodenergy.org. All right. Well, thank you so much for, for joining us on the Eco News Report. Thank you so much, Chris Johnson from Adventures Edge. You know, you can go and spend your rebate money there, your stimulus money there. And thank you so much to Sophia and to Nancy from the Redwood Coast Energy Authority for, for joining today's show. Thank you, Tom. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah. Have a good afternoon, everyone. I I hope you can go out and enjoy this beautiful sunny afternoon because tomorrow it's going to rain. Oh, man. Go too. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. And thank you for joining us for another episode of the Eco News Report. You can listen to the Eco News Report 
on lostcoastoutpost.com. Join us every week on this time and channel for more environmental news from the North Coast of California.